And uh, the Bible said it, it's in the first chapter, and the Bible said, and I won't cover all this, but for lack of time, I won't go back and go into, uh, but his servant come to him. And he said, they've come and they've, uh, they've took your sheep. They've killed all your sheep. And the Bible tells, uh, he was a wealthy man. Uh, Job had done good and everything was going good. And, and he said, while uh, uh, was there, and this one said, the servant said, I'm the only one that's left. He'd killed every one of his servants, took his sheep. And he said, and then the fire come. And, man, I really thought on this, and but I'll understand it by and by. Father alone, I'll understand. But he said the fire come, and the fire is from God. And now God turned a, a Job over uh, to Satan. But he told Satan, said, yeah, you have power over everything he's got, except don't lay your hand. Don't lay your hand on Job. And I believe today uh, sometimes that maybe God turns Satan loose on us a little bit. But I'm glad down deep that he says, but you can't lay your hand on him. Amen. You can't take his life. You can't take his salvation. You can't do what I put inside of him. You can't touch. And old Job was a perfect man. And he goes on down till he took everything he had. And the last servant out of the crowd would come and say, I'm the only one left. Can you imagine what Job was going through? Amen. As he lost everything. And the Bible said, and you can read it for yourself. I'm just hitting here and yonder. But he said, the wind came out of the wilderness and hit the four corners of the house. And he had seven sons and three daughters. And the Bible said that they all died. Can you imagine? And it was heart-taking, breath-taking. It was heart-stopping when you lost your son. And I can imagine only with William and, and Karen today, as they got a call, the son is dead. I can imagine, just imagine, uh, Bobby, if they said, your grandson is found dead in bed. But think about Job. And they said, the wind took out your house and your seven sons and your three daughters are gone. He'd already lost his farm. He lost everything that he had. And his wife eventually said, his wife eventually turned and said, why don't you curse God and die? So there he was in the shape at just as far down at the bottom of the barrel, about as far down as a man can go. I've talked to several just when somebody broke into their house, how devastated it was, and they was afraid to go back in their house, just their home, because it had been invaded by Satan. It had been invaded by somebody, and they had fear. I've talked to several ladies, and I talked to, I remember a man that comes to my mind. Now he had fear by going back into his house where somebody had broke in and robbed and stole. Can you imagine the fear that bound to a fill up on Job? Then on top of this, and let me read to you, there was Eliphaz and Big Dad, and I may not even pronounce them right, 
I wrote them down. Eliphaz, Bidad, and so far, whether I done them right or not. But the Bible said, and I remember preaching on this one time, and Job told them, said, you're just miserable comforters. That ain't our message tonight. But these three friends of Job's, and they come to him, and they want to know what sin he done. And I thought about myself, and thought about Andy, and I thought about Henry. You know, if three of you all come to us and said, what great sin have you done? I brought this cancer on you. And he'd already lost all of his animals, and he's already lost his uh, farm, and everything had turned against him. Amen. And Satan was throwing it out of every bit of power that he had. And this man didn't have nothing to turn to but God. Can I tell you, honey, when we get in that shape, we're closer than ever before. What's wrong with us today? We got too many things standing between us and God. Amen. All of Job's went away. And the Bible plainly said that he was a perfect man. But I believe he had more to hang on to God for. Because they said the latter, latter end was better for Job than the beginning. He had more in the end of the writing of Job than he had to start with. Can I tell you something today? We've got more in the latter end than we started with. More than we had in the beginning. Glory glory be unto God. There won't be no cancer. There won't be no troubles. There won't be no passing out. And there won't be no sickness, no life bills, no troubles. Glory to God. So let's look on past this little veil of tears and pain that we're going through now and realize the song just kept coming to my heart, Butch, Father Along. Amen. And we, I don't know, we hadn't sung it for a good while, but I thought about Father Along on down the road. I'll understand by and by. I'll understand what's happening now. We don't understand age. I don't even understand uh, the great saving of God. I don't, I don't understand His saving grace. I've read about it. I've touched on it. I've felt it. I've smelled it. I know it's real, but I don't understand the saving grace of God and how He can love. Somebody that's stunk with alcohol, that's stunk with sin, that he could come in from heaven and visit an old, a bathroom and save a wretch like me. Glory to God. So I'm going to tell you of the meth head and the crackhead of the little girl. Uh, uh, glory to God. In her 20s, amen. Man, that has messed up her life. Amen. God can still come in and forgive when we repent or rededicate our life. Are we going to have to get in trouble to rededicate? Are we going to have to have a breakdown before we come back to God? I hope I can bring out what's on my heart here tonight. I'll try to be brief if I can. I never have been, but I'll, I'll try. He said in the 21st chapter of Job, 
and these fellows had gassed him and poked him and aggravated him. And he said to them, but Job answered, and he said, hear diligently my speech. He said, let me speak, and let this be, and let this be your consolation. Let this be peace to you. Get off of my back. I'm saved, glory to God. He said, let this be consolation to you. And he said, as for me, is my complaint to man. He said, my complaint ain't to man. And if it were so, why should not my spirit be troubled? He said, make me and be astonished and lay your hand upon your mouth. In other words, he's saying, shut up. Amen. He's saying, shut up. And he said, wherefore, even when I remember I am afraid and trembling, take hold on me, on my flesh. Wherefore do the wicked live? Wherefore do the wicked live? They become old. And ye are mighty in power. Let me turn right back here to Job 16 and read 16 and 10. Turn over there. It ain't a couple of verses back. Job 16. Job 16, 10 and 11. He said, They have grabbed upon me with their mouth and they have smitten me upon my cheek they've evidently slapped him and they reproachfully they have gathered themselves together against me eleventh verse God hath delivered me to the ungodly and has turned me over unto the hands of the wicked. He said in 12, I was at ease, but he hath broken me asunder. Get that. He said, I was at ease, but he hath broken me asunder. He hath also taken me to my neck and shaken me to pieces and set me up for his mark. So the Lord turned him over. He said, Job said himself, I was at ease. And this ain't the message either. But ain't we at ease in Zion today? Ain't we sitting back in our fine, the Bible said, in our sealed houses? Ain't we sitting back taking care of ourselves and not worrying about anything else? Forgot how Jesus suffered and died on the cross. I'm going to tell you, every church house in America today should be full. Can I tell you today, and they was telling him, oh, you sin and you're sick. Job turned around to him, and he said, the wicked live, and the wicked prosper, and the wicked do good. 
So what he's saying, if if it's so, then I am sickly and dying and lost everything that I've got because of sin. Why do the wicked live on? That ain't why I'm sick. It's for the glory of God. Glad. And Shannon and I, I've heard Shannon say several times that Job was his favorite book. His favorite book. If God hadn't have turned Job over to Satan for a little while and let the people beat him to death, Shannon might have not had Job to read. If he hadn't let Job go through trouble, I wouldn't have had this message tonight. We couldn't have realized how God has moved upon the scene to take care of our brother, Job, on way many hundreds of years before he took care of you and I. Amen. I'm glad for the Word of God that's written down, inspired Word of God. Job asked him, he said, do not the wicked let me read it to you. Wherefore do the wicked live, and they become old, yea, are mighty in power. Ain't we ever wondered, Father alone, everyone that's been saved long looked at somebody in their life and wondered why they're getting by. Amen. We wondered why trouble come to our house. Satan puts this on our mind. It's flesh. It's nature. Why am I sick? And those that are living like the devil, the wicked, why are they living to be a hundred? Why are they prospering? Why are they rolling in? Come on, church. Am I, am I messed up in my mind? I'm going to tell you, every one of us, the best of you, have thought, why is this one? getting by and I'm having to suffer? Why is trouble come to my house? Why is my son and that one that won't do nothing, why are they doing good? Ain't we thought that? Amen. The flesh, which is Satan's, can I tell you, the flesh is Satan. I ain't giving saving Satan no credit, but he's doing his job. The thief, Satan, cometh not but to kill, steal, and to destroy. Amen. He puts bad thoughts on our mind, makes us sorry for ourselves, gets us to doubting and wondering, why is this and having problems? Why can this and buy acres of land and build a three-story house? And I've tried to serve God, and I can't do nothing. I'm going to tell you we're all going to stand before God. These three, dogmatic, I guess, uh, if you'll have it that way, or pharisaical, these three fellows gouged Job in every direction. When Job needed help, when Job was down, when his children had died, amen, when he lost his farm and his cattle and his sheep and his, ca and his camels and everything had gone away. Don't you know he wanted to doubt, where is my God? Don't you know even though he was a perfect man, feared God and eschewed evil, don't you know he thought, why is this happening to me? I'm going to tell you, we probably, everyone 
including me first, need to be in the altar repenting for the thoughts we've let run wild in our flesh. That we've let our mind take us back to get our mind off of God. I'm telling you, the latter end is better than our beginning. Glory to God. Satan tries to block the latter end and stop us. I'm going to tell you, Butch, our little buddy is back in jail. Some things happened. Maybe not his fault. I don't know. But some things happened. Amen. And he took his eyes off God. Nothing as bad has happened to Job. Job said he was slack. That's what he said in the Word. He was a little bit out of lenient. Can I tell you something? If I ain't careful, I'll slack up and take my eyes off of the Lord. Let me hurry through this. The eighth verse, he said, their seed is established. I'm 21 and 8, Job 21 and 8. Their seed is established in their sight with them. God didn't say it's established in him, but he said it's established in their sight, the wicked. It looks like their children, their seed is established in their sight with them, and their offspring before their eyes. Their horses are safe from fear. Neither is the rod of God upon them. See, their horses is safe, and the rod of God ain't on them. Job brought that out. He had seen all that. But he wasn't leaning to man. He was leaning to God. And he said the bull, in the 10th verse, he said the bull gendereth. And that, that's nothing but the bull is breeding. The bull is, is impregnating in the cows. And the bull is getting the job done. And what it's saying, the wicked, it looks like the wicked farm is growing. And Job had just lost everything he had. So he could see that the wicked, so he told his fellows, he said, this ain't the reason I'm down. He said, the wicked are still going on. If I was wicked, I'd probably still have my farm. In other words, that's what he said. I'd probably still have my farm. But glory to God, I'm a perfect man. That's what he said. He said, I, I, the Bible said he is perfect. Therefore, Satan is doing all he can do to tear Job down. The wicked are prospering. Neighbor, you can look around us on your workplace. You can look in our churches. You can look. Honey, prosperity I know is of God. But prosperity has killed America. Prosperity has taken our eyes off God. Prosperity has spoiled our children rotten. Rotten. I remember. I remember well. We called it the meta. 
And I had an old maple stick with two limbs out the side, played like it's my motorcycle. Hello? Never had a nickel. Not a nickel. Take that old maple stick, that little limb run out the side, that was my throttle and my brakes, run through the woods and fires at a time. I wasn't on drugs. I wasn't a six-year-old carrying a pistol and shooting my teacher. Hello? It was simplicity back then because we wasn't prosperous. Because we wasn't prosperous. I remember mom and ended up in Black Mountain in the hospital for a year and daddy didn't have a car to go to Black Mountain to see mom. We wasn't prosperous. Had to borrow grandpa's from up on the mountain to go once a month to see mama. We wasn't prosperous. Things don't make you happy. Things make you take God for granted. Our children think it's always happened. If you ain't got no money, write a check. Hello. Use your credit card, which I didn't have, but growing up or didn't have till a few years ago. But think what it's done to us. I used to check my money before I put gas in my car. Todd and Janet got me a credit card and I pull up to the gas station, stick it in, get whatever it needs and go. Ain't that how we are? Ain't that where we're at? He said the bull gender. So the bull was, uh, uh, he, he was getting cash every time. And the bull gendereth and faileth not. He said it didn't fail. And their cow caveth and careth not her calf. The cow's having some calves and she just, I guess so many that she didn't care for them. She was just walking off from them. Amen. They, they were just caving on every hand. And they sent forth their little ones like a flock, and their children danced. They sent forth their little one like a flock, and their little ones danced. And their children danced. They sent forth their little ones like a flock. And their children dance. They take the timbrel and harp and rejoice at the sound of the organ, which probably wasn't an organ like we've got now. But they they were dancing, playing, carrying on. And I thought about where were we sending our kids? We want our kid to be the best ball player in town. And we'll jump and we'll holler. And we'll cheerlead. We want them to play games. We want them to finish school. We send them out like a flock. 
We sent them to daycare. Hello. We send them out to pastor instead of loving them. I thought about, and I probably shouldn't even call names and I won't, but I thought about the family up the road and I knew them was in their house, raised up with some of them, knew a lot that did go on, but I thought how they worked together to take care of mama. That don't happen today. It just don't happen today. Think how we sent them out for somebody else. How about the church buses? I mean, we don't do it. But how about the church buses? They goes and picks up the kids. Amen. They send them out to the field. They send them out. They send them out. But the parents won't go themselves. Where do we learn from? From parents. We learn at home. Daycare's good, and I'm glad they get shipped to church. But hour and a half, two hours of church, they ain't going to fix a child. Amen. We need to be right at home. They send forth their little ones like a flock in their children dance. They take the timbrel and the harp and rejoice at the sound of the organ. They send, they spend their day in wealth and in a moment go down to the grave. He said they spend their day in wealth, which is not prosperous, which is not prosperous. I told y'all the lady, the doctor, and I, I told him my pacemaker had a warranty, and this probably has too. And I said, if I die and got 10 or 11 years warranty left on my pacemaker, will you pay me for that because it's warranted? And she said, I'll write you a check. When I die, ain't that check going to do me some good? Ain't all of that. If I'd have got it in cash and put it in the bank, when I die, it ain't going to do me no good. He said, we wander around in our wealth. But he said, they die. They, the wicked die. That's had everything. They die. They wore the finest breeches here. May have the finest casket. Maybe the finest vault that can be bought. But they're dead. And they're going to stand before the judgment seat of God. I'm going to read two, three more verses and I'll quit. Pray for us. My mouth's burnt up. They spend their days in wealth and in a moment go down to the grave. Therefore, they say, this is my message right here. Brother in the back, this is my message right here. They go down, they say unto God, depart from us. Depart from us, the 14th verse. Therefore, they say unto God, they've dwelt. 
they will dwell in their wealth. They spend their days in their wealth. And in the 14th verse, they, therefore they say unto God, Depart from us, for we desire not the knowledge of thy ways. That's what America is saying today. They're fighting, they're scratching. I talked, I talked to one this week, and we said uh, we've left our church up on the mountain. A young man said we left our church up on the mountain because they're kind of picking on us. Said we go to church to be comforted and uplifted. I come to church to worship God, and if I live right, I'll get uplifted all week. Yeah. And God will send a Moses by. I don't care where I'm at, God will send a Moses by. It may be a phone call out of prison, or maybe a song on the radio. Says it might be a red bird in the bush, but God will send a Moses. God will take care of, of us. He'll lift us up. You cannot live in sin and expect a preacher to lift you up or the Word of God to lift you up. They listen in sometimes, and I really don't care if I hear it. It don't matter to me. But we can't be lifted up in sin. we got to come out from among sin. I thought, I've, I've been told here, if you'd lighten up, you'd have more people. I don't want your blood on my hand. The Bible said that the wicked therefore they say unto God, depart from us, for we desire not the knowledge of thy ways. God, we don't want to know what's right. Oscar just mentioned it. Why have they written new versions and call it Bible? Because they don't want the knowledge of God. They're saying, depart from us. We don't want to know about the blood. We don't want to know about the saving grace of God. I thought about it in this church. It was at this church. Our old buddy is buried right out there. And I remember a feller, and he's dead now. But he come and he said, I don't understand why you preachers didn't say more good about this feller. I ain't preaching about that feller. I ain't, as Job said, I'm not talking about men or I'm not turning to men for my answers. I'm telling you, the wicked live long and they prosper and they got wealth and they live in their wealth, but they die. Yeah. So Job was saying to them, it ain't because of my wickedness 
He didn't let these three domestic men beat him down to make him think he was in sin. He knew that he was right with God. We need to know today, preachers, I'm going to tell you, you need to know today you're right with God. There'll be one sent to you from somewhere that'll try to change your mind, try to change your doctrine, try to stop you from preaching the Word of God. He said, depart from us. How many in church today, when the convicting power of God, they didn't speak out like I'm speaking, and to say, depart from us. But inwardly, we said, Lord, leave us alone. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't want to know of your knowledge. You're saving grace right now. I want to wait till I'm older at a more convenient season. That's exactly what thousands of us have said. Depart. Spirit, leave me. Don't convict me. Don't deal with me. I don't want to know your knowledge. I don't want to know. I thought it. Many times I thought it. As a young Christian, if I don't learn much about God, there won't be much required. If I don't have much knowledge of God, and I turn right around, the devil say, you don't know nothing, no way. You can't preach. He's there. He's there trying to tear you down. Let me read a couple more verses and I'll quit. He said in the 15th verse, What is the Almighty that we should serve him? That's what America is saying today. Muslims are saying, What is Jesus Christ? He's only a prophet. Gays are saying, what is Jesus Christ? Who is this God that said it's an abomination for man to label mankind? Who is this feller that says to not be unequally yoked together? Who is this feller that has power to open up heaven for me or open up hell for me? That's what we're saying. We're questioning God. We're questioning God. Oh, I'd give anything if I could preach. I'd give anything if I could preach. What is the Almighty that we should serve Him? And what profit should we have if we pray unto Him? The Bible plainly said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. The Bible plainly says the root of all evil, money, the love of money is the root of all evil. I've watched, I've talked with them. And a man that can buy and sell anything he wants and don't have any need of anything What's the use to go to God? I 
That's why God's blessing in the foreign countries. America has decided we don't want the knowledge of God. The saving grace of God. I've needed God all of my life, but I don't think I've ever needed him like I've needed him the last couple of years. I started to the altar to pray. Don't feel sorry for me. Pray for Scotty. I started the altar to pray this evening. I heard hollering and talking. And I looked. I just stopped. I know y'all think it can't happen. But I stood on the porch just a talking and a raving and a snorting and nobody around. I didn't say a word. I went on the altar and prayed. You know what? I thought, farther along, I'll understand some of this. I thought for just a minute, I've tried to preach and I've tried to be in church. It looks like my youngin would do better. neighbor he's going to die and I can't quit praying I can't quit keeping the church door open I can't quit preaching the word of God talked to a lady in the tax office today and I know her a long time Dobson I said I really really considered giving up pastor people don't understand I know said I never thought I'd hear you say that I said my lord I'm 81 years old didn't say I was going to said I'd considered it amen I ain't going to shut up I'm going to tell her every time I see her Amen. He said, Lo, their good is not in their hand. The counsel of the wicked is far from me. How often, I've preached this, I know, sometime or other. How often is the candle of the wicked put out and how often cometh their destruction upon them God distributeth sorrow in his anger God distributeth sorrow in his anger the thought God laid on my heart is how we say it in our heart depart from us have we probably had a shout in our Lifetime, or God said, Be anointed, or God said, Go to the altar, or God said, Just tell that when you love them, or go knock on that door. And you know what we say? Depart from us. We're all guilty. 
We're all on the same boat, heading to glory, heading to glory. I'm done. Is it 9 o'clock? Huh? We're done. Lord have mercy, I can't believe that. Everybody stand, the altar's open, no songs. The altar's open. If you ain't got nothing else, pray. Pray for us. Us, us old folks is sick and 